Spooky Spouses, a podcast about ghosts and stuff. Are you interested in the paranormal? And then all of a sudden we hear this. Down a hallway, when there's no one else there, I would go, maybe there's a ghost farting around these halls. Intelligent conversations. Uh, we don't know a lot. We were, we don't at all. And we never claim to. Furbies. Do these things so you could essentially kiss the Furby, but you're really kissing your ghost partner. Furbies again a little bit. I don't know. I don't know what you want your Furby for, to but. To kiss. <laughs> Biting people. Do you like a food enough to bite middle schoolers for no. it? No. <laughs> Do you? Mystery boxes. A box full of human heads was reportedly stolen from a medical supply truck in Denver on Thursday. Find the spooky spouses wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Excuse me. This week we saw a classic father-daughter tale of a man and his girl hitting the trail to brutally avenge his murdered wife. This was the old way. What do you say we cut the chit-chat a-hole? I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! Interesting choice of words. What is that? What is that? What is it? Oh, no, not the pig! Not the pig! Oh, my God! I'm a pixie pear! Okay, let's run. And this is the unbearable fate of massive talent. I'm Brittany Green. And I'm Liz Kurtzman. And, uh, yeah, we saw The Old Way, finally, after talking about it for literally, like, a couple months now. Uh, thank you all for being so patient. I know you were all clamoring for us to do this film. We <laughs> finally got it in. Uh, yeah, this was a new one. It just came out this year. Yep, and it is his first Western. Unless you count the one that's, like, not technically out yet. But yeah. was officially released at a at a festival. This is when, like, release dates get tricky because yeah. I believe he filmed the other one first. That's what it seems like to me. Yeah, and then, but the uh, the old way got a wide release and the other one has not had any sort of wide release or streaming release yet. So, um, six of one, half dozen the other. Seems like he filmed them pretty close to the same time. I hope that he just, like, grew those mutton chops out for both films. I hope so, because I think he does have, like, the, uh, the big... The big fluffy mustache in the other one from some of the stills. He also, I think, has, like, a shaved head in that one. He's got kind of a fairly intense look. Interesting. Um, But, uh, yeah. The mustache, I was really disappointed, didn't stay with us for the whole movie. A glorious, our first look at him in this film, like, the movie starts, and you don't see him for a few minutes, you know, when we start this film. First, we're focusing on, uh, there's a man who is being hanged, and... Uh, sheriff, I think, politician, somebody. He is, was like the mayor of like yeah. this tiny town. I and think. he is going on and on with a speech about you know right and wrong and why this man has to die and blah blah blah. Kind of the worst. I kind of understand why you would maybe take a job from him, but not particularly care if he gets yeah. murdered. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So he's going on for a while, and then we go over to Nick Cage, who's lounging in the background, and he has a glorious stash. It is just like just like past his chin, you yes. know, like just like a. What is that one called? It's kind of, it's kind of a handlebar. It's it's a Hulk Hogan, is what I call it. Oh yeah, it's definitely. <laughs> I think a Hulk Hogan is apt. That's an apt description. Why are we talking about facial hair so much on this show? 
Is this, have we talked about facial hair more than once? Yeah, the one where we talked about Satanist hair, like oh, facial hair. The reason is because we watch so many movies that have crazy facial hair. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he only has that, that Hulk Hogan stash. For like maybe five minutes of movie. Yes. If that. It's the first scene and then yeah. that's 20 years in the past and that's the only uh, nod they do to, to differentiate himself. You know, like. Yeah, they to be did not twenty years him. later, and Which, he still looks like he's sixty. I hate the way that people look when they de-age them. Fair enough. Yeah. So I'm glad that they made no attempt. Yeah, you can do a little bit more with makeup, I think, than they did. Yeah. They didn't do any sort. Of, they didn't try with no. him. They just put a mustache on him, and um, he honestly, because he didn't have the mustache, I thought he looked younger. Later in the could have slapped a mustache on instead of the yes. other way around. Should have had him clean face and then have a mustache when he's older. But I think that they're trying to clean up his look, too, because he goes from being, like, a gun-slinging mercenary to being, like, a shopkeep. Yeah, to being a husband and a a shopkeeper. So, I get it. But, yeah, I think that it it sort of gave the opposite of what they wanted to age-wise. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, this is... yeah, we, like we said, we start with this hanging, and he's there, and we, I had to stop because I was confused about what happens in the scene. It was a cool gunfight, though. Yeah. There's some pretty good um, gunfighting in this film. I think, this is how I feel with a lot of Westerns, they could have more gunfights. <laughs> Do you want to hear something pretty dark? Yeah. Okay, so there's only, like, three trivia points on IMDb for this movie. One of them is that the guy who's the bad guy in this film plays Nicolas Cage's son in a different film. Mm-hmm. One of them is like, I don't know, some sort of costume thing. And the other one is that the armorer for this movie was Hannah Gutierrez Reed. Oh, the one that worked on the uh, Alec Baldwin movie? Yes. And while they made this movie, um, the assistant director and Nicolas Cage um, complained about her unsafe handling of weapons and they almost threw her off the set and then she did rust and sounds like they would have been uh maybe smart to do that yeah yeah interesting that there is already kind of a thread of uh unsafe gun stuff yeah, with her. that don't look good because no. she is currently um i believe probably she's currently being charged in, in, yeah. yeah among a whole bunch of other a people. lot of people are being charged but uh, that's interesting yeah so I my my eyes bugged out when I saw that one. I was like, "Oh no!" Some so that's some. You hate to see it. Interesting dark trivia. Yeah, um, yeah. So anyway, that's what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, but I mean, not that she wouldn't be the one who would handle the like choreography of the scenes. And I right, think just handling the actual weapons, right? And making yeah. sure that they're supposedly in safe, safe to be used condition. Yeah, you would hope. You would think, but as it turns <laughs> out, not always. No. Um, but yeah, so at the beginning, it's not super clear because the man is like, it does seem like the man is not, like his crimes aren't that serious. Yeah, he, he's like talking about him stealing from his store, which is interesting because later on, uh, Nicolas Cage's character owns a store and he does get stolen from and he doesn't really do anything yeah, about it. Yeah, he's kind of like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Um, and so I... So, yeah, so then these guys show up and start shooting to save the man who's being hung, uh, which they do. But then Nicolas Cage shoots the men who are helping the man being hung. And he's just shooting. But he sort of is just shooting whoever. It I think seems he's like. it seems like he's mostly shooting so that he doesn't get shot, in my opinion. Yes. Because he's supposed to be working for the town, I believe. I believe. 
like you said, it's not super clear. It's a little confusing, but I'm pretty sure he's been hired by, like, that sort of politician guy to help fend off the family of the people who they are trying to hang. Yeah. And I believe that what we are seeing is him not giving a shit about that job because he's not been paid in full yet. Yes. And so when the politician guy gets shot and he's like, you're supposed to be helping me, he's like, you still owe me money. And then then he goes into the store and gets his money and then leaves. Um, And also, there's a little boy, the the son of the man who's being hung. He's trying to leave, I guess I should say. Yeah. Um, And there was a really, oh, really... Uh, rough moment where the, pa- the the father is telling the son to go home and not watch him be hung and hanged. Yeah. Hung? Hanged. hanged. Um, it sounds wrong, but I think yeah. hanged is right. Yeah. Um, and then the politician guy is like talking to the kid about how his dad's going to go to hell for stealing and all this stuff. And I was like, that's messed up. Um, so anyway, the little kid's there still and um, Nicholas Cage, one of the people he shot, was apparently the brother of a man being hanged, and so he was walking away. Nicholas Cage was walking away, going to get on his horse. And the guy who just narrowly avoids getting hanged, yeah, turns and is about to shoot Nicholas Cage because Nicholas Cage killed his brother. Also announces it by yelling, "You killed my brother!" Yeah, don't announce it. <laughs> really, here's a here's man, a tip. He from was us. about to survive this day, and yep. then he ruined it. Yep. Yeah. So then. Nick and Cage Nicholas Cage him. is a badass gunslinger, so yeah. he, like, whips right around and shoots him between the eyes. Yep. So. so and uh, then just stares at the little boy for a moment. They, they lock eyes, and then Nick Cage walks off, and then title card. 20 years later. 20 years later. Uh, we start up, uh, now it's it's on this, you know, idyllic little farm. Um, there's a woman hanging out her washing, and has some weird ideas about wind. Um... <laughs> Gotta get the laundry hung before the wind comes. Yeah, I said, ah, no, uh, you want that wind for the laundry. Um, But it's Nick Cage's wife, and he now has... Really enjoys watching her do things. Loves watching her do stuff. Um, Really odd scene, to be honest. Uh, It was really strange. So so when I was watching it, I thought it seemed really weird, but then later on when we get some revelations about his character... Yeah. It sort of made more sense to me. Yeah, I Um, I think that's true. Um, but like when you're in, when you're being introduced to them as a couple, you're not like, oh, wow, what a nice couple. You're like, wow, what a weird guy. Yeah. I will (laughs) say I, the writing on the dialogue, the dialogue in this movie is not good. It just is sort of, um, it's still even for the people who are not supposed to be like, sort of like, so like to explain what we're getting at the, uh, Nicolas Cage character and his little girl who are sort of the stars of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, it's definitely heavily implied that they're sort of, I'm not going to get this right, but they're like probably either like sociopaths or psychopaths or something. I can never keep it straight, which one is which, but. I did look it up, um, because I also run into the same questions. Um, and not to be an armchair expert, just going off of like what the movie wants you to think. I believe that they are both psychopaths, um, probably high functioning psychopaths, uh, because, um, psychopaths don't feel the same thing that people do, but they can learn to imitate. They don't feel the same things that, like, neurotypical people do. Yes, yes, sorry. Um, uh, yes, that's what I meant. Um, <laughs> but uh, they can learn to imitate people and um, observe and sort of copy. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't they don't 
really form relationships easily, but they can become attached to people um, and feel, uh, I don't know, this is where people sort of disagree on whether or not they can feel love or if it's just like attachment or obsession or possession uh, about certain people. Um, and it can also be uh, running families. So, um, and that, I would say... That would make sense for this yeah, kind of... And sort of the, like, I think uh, rule of thumb that I found online is that people will say that, like, sociopaths are made and psychopaths are born. Mm-hmm. And, again, like, to be clear, people who are psychopaths are not often violent. Like, that's what you're led to believe for movies and things like that. But it is not definitely... Uh, a requisite of being a psychopath. Um, but generally a sociopath is someone who has gone through something like, it's probably a little bit brain chemistry, but also like really traumatic experiences. And those people tend to go in, like be really emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they can fly into rages or um, things like that, but they're, they can't, they're not manipulative um, generally because they can't control themselves enough. Gotcha. Um, okay. So that's sort of what I found in a quick... Yeah. Google. So again, they, yeah. I'm sure there's some people listening who are like, not quite, but that's, I think, sort of the mythology that the movie is going for. Yeah, because what you get from the movie is that both Nicolas Cage's Colton Briggs character and his daughter, Brooke Briggs, both explain at certain points of the movie that they don't have feelings, really. Yes. And like, we they've see never it. cried and, like, they, yeah. you know. We definitely see the daughter is very... I said she was giving Wednesday Adams at the beginning. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, and that's just sort of, like, the deadpan and the, like, um, not quite... Uh, not quite in step with, like, what people expect of her. And instead, she's more focused on things like routine and, and, like, when her teacher wasn't there and she's, like, Oh, she's sick. Do you think she has the pox or that kind of thing? What happens if she dies? Um, and then she's like very attention to detail. And like, there's a fun part where she is like, when she sorts the jelly, <laughs> the beans. jelly beans, she has to clean the jelly beans because the guy with the one. dirty hands stuck his hands in there. Yeah. So she cleans the container, separates them into different colors and cleans each one with a cloth. <laughs> it's like, I love this. Um, but yeah, I actually really like there's a scene. You definitely get the feeling that the two of them are not close. At the beginning? No, the of... first little while, again, before, like, you really got a real feel for his character, I was like, he seems like kind of a mean dad. I thought, I was, I was <laughs> like, it's given real, like, stepfather and daughter energy. Yeah. Where, like, the mom is trying to get them to bond and do stuff together, and they're kind of like, eh, okay, mom, fine. mom usually walks me to school, and that kind of thing. And so, this movie is also sort of, you know, a bonding experience for them, but it's clear that he's never talked to her about this. And so they're sitting together. I really like that scene where they're mm-hmm. sitting together and he's explaining to her about like when he realized that he wasn't quite like other people and didn't quite feel things the way they did. And Kim kind of explaining to her that like you need to learn to copy people. And then then he talks to her about like the first time he ever felt anything really was when he met her mother. I loved that scene of them talking next to the campfire. That's the best scene in the movie. It was for sure the best scene in the movie. And he tells that crazy story about <laughs> the bathhouse. Bath yeah. I loved that. There was like a definitely a moment for me where I was like, whoa, he's talking about himself? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. He's telling this story about how he starts to see um, about he notices a lot of other people experiencing fear and him never experiencing experiencing fear. And he tells this story about how this guy caught up with him in a bathhouse 
And the guy, even while he had his gun trained on a man in a bathtub who was just naked and wet, um, like his, the guy with the gun's hand was trembling. And uh, so I got out of the tub and I grabbed the gun right out of his hand and I shot him with it. I was like, he was the naked guy He's in the, the tub? naked guy? What a <laughs> twist. Yeah, I really like that scene. And honestly, like, uh, the quality of the acting in this film is a little all over the place. Like, I, there's a couple. There was a couple of people I really liked and some that yeah. I didn't. And I mostly blame the writing. Yes, I um, think that's part of it. Um, I think that, like, uh, Nicolas Cage and the little girl both did great. Um, I thought so too. I think that there are a couple character actors in here who did a great job. The the I did really like Marshall and the Marshall was great too. My man Clint Howard is in this film. Yeah. I love Clint Howard. He's so good at being like a sniveling little weasel man, mm-hmm. and he you know he's at his best here. And then uh, you know Big Mike was good. Um, he's another character actor that you see a lot. Um, Most of the gang, I thought, was pretty, like... I didn't, I'll be honest. I didn't did like not like the main guy? No. Yeah. It didn't quite work for me. It... I don't know. I either wanted him to be more menacing or be more, uh, obviously, like, pathetic. Do you know what I mean? He was sort of in the middle. Where he was, like, sometimes it felt like they were trying to make him seem like a real menacing bad guy. And other times it was just sort of, like... I don't know. It didn't... It, it. The thing that felt a little weird and forced for me with his character was him making Colton Briggs out to be the father of the monster. This is what... That yeah. was so over the top. Yeah. That part... The, he's like the father of this new creature that yeah. is wants to kill... Uh, and get vengeance yeah. for his dad. Like, that and part... And here's the thing is, I And actually, he was, like, very dramatic. I love, like... He was a diva. He was very dramatic. Yeah. He had, like, the, uh... The... Had the sign over the saloon in the town where he was, like, trapping Colton Briggs that had the, uh... uh you still owe me or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Or paid in full is what it said. Yeah. Um... Yeah, which alluding to it took me a while to realize it was a callback to Nicolas Cage's lines from the first film... Or from the first scene. Um... He was using like the the lines that he'd said, and which is so strange because he says two things. Yes, and he just like has latched onto these two yeah. things that he what weren't even directed to him. Yeah, were directed to the mayor of the town that wanted to kill his dad for yes. stealing. You know? Yeah, then here's the thing that I think was uh, maybe a missed opportunity with this guy is that it could have been a really sympathetic bad guy mm-hmm. because genuinely what he went through was awful it was giving me you know how um every couple years you hear something about kill bill volume three and it's supposed to be vernita green's daughter coming after the bride that's what i think this movie was kind of going for is that idea of like i killed your dad now you're gonna grow up and you're gonna come and kill me and that's just fine well i'll I'll be waiting for you kind of you know yeah um and that's what they were definitely going for but i don't know if there, like I said, there was parts of this movie that I thought they pulled off really well. Like, the yeah. whole father-daughter dynamic was great. Yeah. I did not like the... Um, it, it, the, the bad guy was just so dramatic. Yeah. I Yeah, I don't know. It could have been such a cool character because, like, yeah, he had a genuine, like, good reason to go after him. Um, even though, like, his, his dad... I think it was his dad's up. fault. He messed yeah, up. But, but, it, but, but at the same kid, time. Right. And yeah. you see that. And like, I could understand it could be a really sympathetic character. I think that like. I thought it was weird that he was like, 
you're my daddy now, and I'm going to be your daughter's daddy. And he said, take your place. And he's also like calling her his little sister, and she's like, "What are you talking about?" And he's like, "Well, I mean, not by blood, but like, you know, your dad both made us." And blah blah. blah. And I was like, "This don't make no sense." You make it such a. And then she's like, "I get it. You're crazy." And I'm like, "Thank you." I do that, and that's like the other way that this character maybe they should have played it up more was that he is actually just kind of pathetic, like yeah, you know, he wants to be a badass, but he maybe if he had this was literally like the first time he tried to do crime. Yeah, except for that we know that he like met all these other guys in prison, so he's yeah. been doing this. He's stuff. been doing stuff, and the and the marshals are after them, so they've clearly been committing crimes. People. If this was like his big plan that he'd been planning for a long time, and then like this was actually his first time you know, going out and killing people, and we watched him, like, doing that, I think that could have been fun, too. Yeah. Instead, they sort of, again, they just sort of split down the middle, whether he was cool or... or Cool or not. Cool or not. (laughs) Cool or real, like, nerd. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Um, Oh, I did, like, when he first appears, the way that they do it is, like, Michael Myers in Halloween, Mm -hmm. where she is taking down the, the... in the laundry, laundry, which is her major character action in this film, is taking She's laundry down, putting laundry She's just always doing laundry, laundry up. which, you know what? Girl, same. Yeah. I'm also always doing laundry. Yeah, I bet she doesn't have to use as quarters as I do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and she, like, pulls out a sheet, and he's, like, right there. And that did make me laugh. I was like, huh, Halloween. Um, and, yeah, so then, you know, you've got these, like, this little posse of bad guys, which are um, your leader... The, we got old, the confederate old confederate soldier. nervous guy, yeah. um, Eustace, which we got is played the, by the ice cream man himself, Clint Howard. We've got a big guy. We've got Big Mike. And then we've got a gunslinger type. Boots. Boots. Who looks so much like James McAllister that I thought they were the same person for a little bit. I did not get that, but that's I know fine. he didn't because then I thought one of the the marshals was also the same guy. <laughs> to be fair, one of the marshals did look like Boots, but I didn't think anybody looked like James McAllister. Yeah, I think it was just they had the same facial hair and they both wore hats. And you know, I uh, have some sort of facial blindness. I think um, <laughs> I need hair color and uh, facial. Uh, uh, facial hair to tell it apart. Mm. That's why I'm so obsessed with facial hair, obviously. That's why we're always talking about beards. (laughs) That's all I can bring to the table. Um, Yeah, and then, uh, you know, they have this dramatic chase scene with the wife and and, uh, very menacing. And also, we talked about this when we were watching it, but uh, first scene, very dramatic, very somber, you know, shootout. Then and then kind of happy with the then we dad have this the sort of like the tone shifts into being sort of comedic, like a comedic she's family thing. Jelly beans and yeah, and there's like stuff. jaunty music and like you know they, I don't know it was and then when these guys show up that should up, be your clue that something bad is going to happen though because you can never yeah. be too happy in a movie. I yeah I just think the tone shift took me by surprise in that it went so comedic at that part and then did you know went back to being like. You know what I think would have made this oops would have made this movie better? I think I would have spliced the flashbacks in deeper into the movie. Sure. And just had it open with the um with the twenty years later where he's got the family and everything. Yeah. And then the, we can discover uh, yeah. throughout the movie Sort of like history that of he violence. Used to be a badass. Yeah. yeah. I, Rather I than, so. like, saying, like, he's a, he used to be a badass, but now he's not anymore. And, yeah. like, I think it would have been a 
I think it would have been better to have that be a reveal. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I mean, same kind of thing with John Wick, where we don't ever, like, get his... We don't ever really see him, uh, you know, in his past. We just hear about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that works better than, like, showing us... And Like, they wanted there it was, to be, like, a was, twist that he was the, the kid, but it was so it obvious. It wasn't. They made it really obvious. They made it really obvious. And then, again, that would have been solved a little bit if they had, like, spread that out a yeah. little bit more. But, yeah, I thought that this movie did a really bad job of, um, they did a lot of telling and not showing too. Yeah. With a lot of stuff. A lot of it was through dialogue and people explaining things. It's a very exposition heavy dialogue, which goes back to what we were saying about the the dialogue being kind of clunky is that there are parts where it's just like people saying exactly what's going on and you're like- Sheriff exposition. Sheriff exposition himself. The marshal just, like, giving all of this backstory about how the uh, Colton Briggs used to be the scariest dude, and then he met so this like good woman to his nine-year-old daughter, daughter, like, explaining how he used to kill all these people. I'm like, who Who do you think you're talking to? The little girl literally goes, why are you telling me this? And I say, <laughs> great question. I was wondering the same thing. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. Um, yeah, so th- that that was... I think you're right. I think if they had done some sort of, like, flashback thing, or even if, like, when the sheriff is giving all the exposition, they give us some flashbacks or something, like, that would have been more interesting. It would have been smoother, too. Yes, because the beginning is, like, so clunky, mm-hmm. I think. Um, even though it's, like, not a bad scene, it just doesn't quite fit very yeah. well. Um, yeah, it's well shot and everything. I don't necessarily want to get rid of it entirely. You know what would be cool is if after he and his daughter started to become closer, and they did he so told much the story. Yeah, they did they so much us. to like differentiate the way he looks that I don't think that it would be confusing to the audience to make it a flashback. Yeah, you know, like right. mustache is the past and clean shaven is the future. Got Classic. It. Um, and then, like, we would get to see the mustache more is what I'm really uh, aiming for That's here. what we want. We're trying to sneak more mustache into this film. <laughs> but, yeah, I think, like, you know, the scene where he does the bathtub monologue, if we had a similar scene where he instead, she's like, you know, who is this guy? And he told her that story. Or even if, like, he didn't and we found out at the end that the little kid was this guy, mm-hmm. then at that point, like, it would have been more of a twist than if it was at the beginning. And, yeah. then he, you know, it's just, like, so obvious. Um, but yeah, so that's, I, I guess, am glad that the stories that he was, I think that the stories that he was telling his daughter were yeah. better as stories, not as visuals. Yeah. We didn't need to see the naked bathtub. <laughs> Nicholas Cage naked in the bathtub with a yeah. mustache. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I did think like his facial acting in that scene was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, yeah. So I don't know. This was a weird part too, where they were there. I thought they were going to capture the wife, but they kill her off screen. Yep. And, um, she did. Yeah. So when, um, uh, Nick or Colton and, uh, Brooke come back to the house, um, there are all these marshals there and (laughs) God, just like a dozen marshals in their house, useless, just eating all their food and like, wow, sure is crazy. They killed that woman. And then like, don't think there's anybody else here. It was wild. And it's been like three hours so they're just like this place is abandoned now yes they didn't even try to look for you know anyone else Mm -mm. they found the wife's body 
went inside and ate the food she made, I guess. Um, and as you said, it was like, this is really showing that cops have always been useless. <laughs> I said, you're not wrong. Um, they didn't bury the wife. They didn't clean up the crime scene. As they're leaving, they're like, hey, the barn is kind of a mess with your wife's blood. You might want to clean that up for Yeah, the and I'm like, what? Have you, it got dark in the time that you guys were sitting You've here. You've been here for hours. You were like, well... Well, you're, like, on the... Like, they're trying to chase these people down. They're wasting precious daylight just, yeah. like, chilling in this house. And, like, he is burying his wife and I guess they're all just They're not doing out. detective work. I don't know what they're doing there. No. No. So they... Um, easy to see why he decides... He and his daughter decide to go after the killers yeah. uh, instead of relying on these men to do the job. Yeah. Because it was daylight when they got there. It's day... It's, it's, it's nighttime by the time I they leave. I don't think they want to catch up, you no. know? I don't think they were ready. <laughs> um, yeah, and there's a bit where the sheriff is like, hey, man, I uh, know you used to be a stone-cold killer. Um, your wife, clearly, her love transformed you. And I just want you to remember that in case you are tempted to go out and become a stone-cold killer again. Uh, don't. Um, and then he, you know, is like, as long as you got this, you know, nice young daughter, and they'll always be reminded of your wife, and you will never become a killer again, Right. And <laughs> Colton gives him nothing. Um, and then, uh, you know, clearly thinks... Tries that, to get the name of the people and he won't give them the yeah, name. Yeah, he won't, he won't tell them who did it. Um, yeah, and then, you know, he gets in, like, a real John Wick scene. He, you know, gets out his old guns and stuff to... Um, then he goes upstairs to kill his daughter. Yeah, he, he holds the gun on her for a while, clearly thinking about killing her. And I was like, you could just leave her there. I don't know that you have to kill her, kill her. And then she wakes up and is like, I don't think Mama would like it that you're yes. aiming that gun at me. That's when I went, oh, I think she's a psycho. I literally, in my notes, I put, daughter's a psychopath, question mark? Yeah, they kind of, like, hint to it a little bit before that. But I do think that that's kind of your first Well, real... she also doesn't cry no, about her mom. No, she doesn't cry about her mom. Yeah, and the sheriff's... Because the weird kind jelly bean like, thing. They're like, yeah, the, the sheriffs are kind of like, that's weird. Mm -hmm. um, the jelly bean thing, I thought maybe she was just like quirky. Yeah. I don't know. That That's... Um, oh, we didn't talk about one of my favorite moments at the beginning. Okay. Which is... <laughs> so, Nicolas Cage now owns a general store. Yes. And uh, daughter comes oh, with him. Oh, the pie guy. <laughs> daughter is just like sitting in the corner reading because they didn't have school. And this man comes in and <laughs> has a whole monologue about apples because he just needs to pick up flour for like a cake. And I said, anyone who has ever worked retail knows this person who comes in and gives you like a monologue about something. And then they're just, and you're like, what do you want? Hmm. And they're like, oh, flower. They go like, over to Nick Cage's face a couple times in that scene, too. Amazing. I want that to be like a meme. You gotta make that, you gotta make that the screen cap for if this. If I can episode. find it, I will. I'm pretty sure that was the, the thumbnail for the movie. Was it? Yeah. Alright, I'll, I'll look for the it. The face I thought it was he's a made cowboy is... hat, Nick Cage, for the. Yeah, uh, the face he's making when the man is telling this is going on and on in this story is uh, exactly the way that everyone who's worked retail feels when someone is just talking yeah. at you and you want to die. Just but like a just little bewildered and... <laughs> Horrified. There's like a little bit of a horror. A little disdainful. It's yeah. bewilderment mixed with disdain. Yeah. It's just like, why are you telling me this? Yeah. Um, And one of my favorite things in this film is that later on when the daughter is trying to um, act like a normal girl, 
uh, wanders into a store and tells the exact same story word for word. In, like, the exact same cadence. She just, like, goes from, like, deadpan to suddenly, like, being really animated and, like, it's My so grandma's good. making apple pie and... Yes! Uh, yeah. Oh, man, I loved it. Um, but yeah, that was one of my favorite bits at the beginning, um, and I didn't want to forget about and that. And one of my favorite bits at the end. Yes. I wish it had been more successful and she'd been able to, like, steal whatever she was trying to steal from that general store. Yes. That was, um, yeah, the man was just like, what are you talking about? And God. I'm like, nice try. Man, the downfall of this movie is that they couldn't come up with a better reason for the bad guys to have caught her. Because I feel oh, like they should have. so dumb. I thought so dumb. It was so dumb that I thought it was a ruse. Right? I thought they had done it on purpose so that the guys, they, there was a trap. So what it is. What it is. What it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so at the, close, close to the climax of the movie. Yeah. Um, they have chased down, we're like skipping over all kinds of crazy stuff, yeah, but we well, can backtrack. Yeah. Um, the when, so, the, when, when the, the whole movie yeah. is they go to get revenge. Yes. They follow them. They track them down to this town. Yes. When they finally get there, there's like, there's only one way into the town and they know what I look like and I don't know what they look like. And the little girl's like, why don't you send me in? Mm-hmm. They don't know what I look like. And she's riding on her mother's horse, which has the father's saddle. And like, when the, the saddle father has goes... his name carved into it. Yeah. And we see it because like James McAllister. McAllister left, like, a bloody handprint on it after he killed the mom. So it's been sort of reoccurring image in the film. And they just left that saddle on her on horse. Of course, they had another saddle. They could have swapped him out. Yeah, and then, so she comes Why out of the store, and they're all waiting. Why the saddle that has his name carved into it? And I, it was just such an obvious oversight that I was like, oh, it's a trap. They're just okay. real dumb. No, it wasn't a trap. It wasn't a trap. This is the <laughs> second instance of Colton Briggs being kind of dumb in this movie. The yeah. first being when they're at the uh, general store and the little girl's like, why didn't mama come to pick you up from school? And he's like, you weren't at school. And she's like, don't you think mama would have come to the general store to look for me if she had seen that the school was closed? And yep. he's like, oh. Uh, listen, another common misconception about psychopaths is that they're geniuses. And not, that's not, not true. It's not always true. Um, yeah, so that part is is silly. That's a bad callback. That was bad. <laughs> um, that was oh, not. Uh, we have one of our favorite, favorite Nicolas Cage um, tropes in this oh, film. Him teaching other people how to act. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We have a scene where he is explaining to his daughter and it's not like he doesn't actually really do much acting stuff. He's just telling no. her that you like, you, you have need to, to study pretend. what people do and yeah cry when people would normally cry. And yeah. Do you remember how this woman was crying at her baby's funeral? <laughs> Sorry, and, uh, I forgot about that. <laughs> and he's like, why, why, my baby, my baby. And exact, exact, I can't. You it's gotta just make like that, that a sound clip. Wah, wah, my baby, my baby. <laughs> he's like, good enough. Nailed it, absolutely. And, the and then the little girl is, is doing exactly that. Wah, wah, my baby. And then the marshal comes up and he's like, what is going on? It kind of works just because he's, he's so freaked so out. Confused. He's like, what this the hell is that? This little girl standing there, completely dry faced. Wah, wah, my baby, my baby. <laughs> and so uh, Colton is able to sneak up on him because he's just so freaked out by that. He's like, what is going on? Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. Um, the the dumbass group of marshals gets uh, ambushed by the criminals in like a, a valley. Not a valley. What am I thinking of? A ravine? A ravine. Um, and so they get the drop on him and I think kill a couple of them and then shoot almost everyone else. Yeah. 
Um, they did a bad job. And uh, so Colton and the daughter catch up and take their horse. Um, and also help that guy who was bleeding out of his bullet wound. They thought he was torturing him, but he was actually helping. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot where the sheriff keeps being like, you're a bad man. You can't break Don't the law. Don't hurt my men. You, can you can't blah, blah, blah. break the law. And he keeps on just like doing kind of legit stuff. Yeah. He does leave them tied up in the desert. But That's true. That's true. That could have killed him. But it, it didn't. It didn't. They were fine. So. I don't want you whining about. Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah. He also teaches her how to shoot, which she's been good. Yeah. Right off the get, she's only she's a couple She's not great with a shotgun, which is probably. They're huge. They're huge. And she's very small. So I thought that that was good that they showed that like. Uh, this probably isn't right, but then she gets a pistol and, and we see that she even with the pretty, shotgun, she was like she pretty wasn't close. Too far off. Honestly, yeah. She was better than I would do. Absolutely. Um. <laughs> I would have been I would have shot it in the air and fallen on my ass, I'm sure. Yeah. She doesn't fall down, so she's already got one on me. Um so yeah, she's after they have their talk about um sort of the you know, I think not the like we're the same, but where they get really honest about like feeling things. Um I think that's like the turnaround of him being like, all right, I'm we're gonna, cool now. I'm going to trust you and give you responsibilities. Um, and they become more like partners. Yeah. Instead of daddy daughter. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty great. I have a question. Yeah. How did anyone track anyone back in the day? Uh, <laughs> I was so confused. Horse tracks and. I guess, but how do you know it's them? They're just, I mean, like, going through this, like, desert, and I... Well, I, think I don't know. Not There's not roads. Way. They're not going on roads. I know people can track people. Yeah. I don't know. If you're good at it. Unless there's, people are leaving behind fires. Like, I know Aragorn can track people, but I don't you, know. You trust Aragorn, <laughs> but not uh, cowboys. Yeah. He kind of explains how he does it, right? You know, that makes sense to me. I mean, Everyone... I don't think much has changed between Middle-earth and the 1800s in terms of tracking technology. True. Um, they're still, like, looking for, like, where people have left fires and yeah. where, uh, It's the spaces between the fires that I'm confused about. <laughs> you know what I mean? They have the same, like, they still have I horses don't believe, in both. I don't believe that the share, the marshals could track them. Listen, all I'm saying is that is at the root of every single cowboy movie I've ever seen, is marshals tracking that I want them guys. to show their work a little more, I guess. I want them to explain to me what they're doing. Just, like, a couple lines. Because I was, I was confusion watching it. I'm like, I, I, they're all ending up in the same spots. <laughs> and they're so far apart. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's my big complaint for the movie. I'm not saying I can track people, but I, I do know that it happened. Yeah. Um, You're like. <laughs> I, plus, like, you know, if you know where the towns are, you can ask the people in the towns, like, hey, did they don't know what town through? they're going for. That's the other thing. They're so far apart. Yeah, but they don't know what town these people are heading for. Well, the marshal does explain that he knows that the guy has a girlfriend in Santa Rosa that he believes that she's going to. Did he really? I yeah. missed that. Yeah, when he's, like, telling him the name and everything. Hmm. Yep. Well, that one went over my head. <laughs> I guess that would have explained things a little bit more. Um, oh, you know what else I love? Um, I love that after they capture Brooke... Uh, and McAllister is having his weird monologue to her about um, them both having the same daddy and blah, 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 blah. And he, he's so, he's clearly unnerved. You know what I her. don't love? 
is uh, grown men's use of the word daddy. Hate it. <laughs> I hate it. Don't like it at all. The only person who's ever gotten away with it. Um, you can call yourself a daddy, but I think that's about it. Yeah. And only if you're hot. <laughs> <laughs> I think... <laughs> Oh, man, what's his name? I was going to say the only person who's gotten away with it is in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. When is it? Is it uh, Oh, Mickey? Is that his name? The Mary Poppins guy? Yeah. He yeah. calls himself a, uh, a daddy, and I was like, acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> the only one, Yan, uh, Yando, right? That's his name? Yandu? Isn't it Yandu? Yandu. Yeah, yeah. Yandu has that, like, monologue about, like, he might be your father, but I'm your daddy. And I was like, yeah, yeah that, all right. That's fine. <laughs> like I said, you can call yourself a daddy. Yeah. You can't call another grown man a daddy if and it's he also, not... like, I think McAllister calls himself a daddy. He says he's going to take right. your daddy's place. Yeah. And oh. I'm going to be your daddy now. No. Which I hate. That's, I hated that. You can't call yourself a daddy <laughs> in that context either. There's some. There's a lot of rules. Rule number two, not always true. <laughs> not always true. Not hard and fast rule. There's not hard and fast. There are some exceptions to it. <laughs> and he's one of them. Yeah. Absolutely not. Um, oh, I do love this. Okay, so uh, Briggs makes it into town, um, takes <laughs> out the other guys fairly quickly, to be honest. Um, uh, I love when he stabs the guy, the big dude in the back with the knife. Yes. That yeah. was great. He just, yeah, the guy goes to hide in the house and Briggs is already there. <laughs> Can we talk about how we just saw Scream 6? <laughs> and the number of times you're allowed to get stabbed in Scream 6 is much higher than the number of times you're allowed to get stabbed in an old in a, in a Western. Absolutely. You only get two stabs in a Western, but you can get up to a dozen stabs in a Scream movie and you're fine. Yeah. Um, I've been walking around later. Uh, Scream 6 was great. We did laugh about the, like, number of stabs that people can survive survive if they have plot armor. Like, if they're important yeah. to the plot, they will get back up after, like, 30 stabs. But if they... Yeah, if one time... of them got stabbed in the mouth and then he got back up again. Yeah. Yeah. Like, through, like, the tongue into the throat, Ooh. basically. Yeah. And somehow he wasn't dead. I don't know. Well, um, Spoilers, I guess. Spoilers. If you haven't seen Scream 6. Yeah, but there's several parts where it's, like... A really dramatic stabbing. Someone gets stabbed a lot, and then the, then they're up and moving around and running in the next scene, and you're Will like, I don't know. <laughs> Will not stay down. I love those movies so much, and I don't care that much, but it is pretty funny because this guy got one stab in the back, and he was down, and I was like, Sydney Prescott would have been up and ready. She would have been on a horse already. <laughs> stabbed in the stomach. That's fine. I'll meet up with you an hour later. I'll run to meet you an hour later. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this guy got, Big Mike got taken out by one measly stab. One stab. Oh, and then a throat cut. Yeah. That'll do it. That's pretty Throat cut. Final. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then the others get taken out pretty quickly, and, and um, we get sort of a showdown where McAllister is holding Brooke at gunpoint and doing his monologue. Well, and Eustace is holding Brooke at gunpoint. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. Eustace and McAllister is, is talking to Colton Briggs. Yeah. Colton Briggs has been shot in the arm. Yeah. He only has one good arm now. Yeah. But he's staring at him. It's so good because he does the classic, classic like, sort do of, you uh, remember me kind of. Classic Mexi Mexican face-off kind of thing. Yeah. Mexican standoff. Standoff. <laughs> Mexican face-off is a uh, bootleg <laughs> version <laughs> of a uh, Nicolas Cage film, I think. <laughs> um... And I love when this happens in a film when he's like, I 
do you remember me? And Colton Brace is like, no. No, I'm I don't know who you are. And he's so deflated by it. Which, like, he should be expected because he hasn't... You were, like... It was 20 years ago and he was a little kid. Yeah. When he saw you last. How would he know who you were? He didn't even know your name at that point. So, like, nothing... This doesn't mean anything to him. Um, But that was pretty fun to see him just sort of, like, deflate at that point. To be like, oh. Well, that's okay because I remember Uh, you. Well, I remember you. And it's like, all right, nice recovery. Um, Yeah, and then he... Uh, goes for it, takes out Eust- uh, Eustace so that Brooke's okay, but he gets shot right mm-hmm. in the chest by uh, McAllister, who is thrilled. Um, but not for long, because Brooke stands up and takes him out. Yeah, which is what I really wanted. Yeah. I was sad that Colton Briggs got shot, but I was not sad that she was the one that got to kill uh Yeah. That weird guy. Mm-hmm. James McAllister. That was that was good. And now what I really want, and I think would be better, what I think would be better than this movie is the sequel to yes. this movie, which I said to you already, but mm-hmm. not to the folks listening to this podcast. The first time they've heard first your time they've brilliant heard idea. Opinions. They need to make a sequel of this movie that's just about Brooke, because I think that sounds fascinating to oh, have so like good. this, like, you know, like 12 or 14 year old girl... Living by herself, no more parents, mm-hmm. gunslinging, you yep. know? And, like, she, you know, being a, a pretty teenager, teenage girl in the West, you know, people uh, underestimating her. Yeah. Um, I think that's a better movie. Yeah. I do. I think that would be a brilliant sequel, and, you know, I think it this won't is a happen, great but... setup for that movie. Yes. Yeah. She's a really interesting character. And when her dad does, she do- dies. She, she cries. Fa- she cries. Um... It's actually a really sweet little scene because she cries and, and, you know, begs him not to go. And he gives her his pocket watch, which he's been looking at the whole movie. And we find out it's because her mother's picture's inside. Yep. Um, So he gives her that. um, And she says, you know, I love you. Which, you know, earlier she was saying, like, she didn't know if she could love and Mm -hmm. wasn't sure what that felt like. Um, And I thought uh, another thing about that, that scene that was interesting is that he... When he's talking about seeing her mom for the first time, it was the first time he felt something, and she says, love, and he says, no, it's fear. Fear that I would lose her, that I would never get her, that, you know, she wouldn't be with me. And he's like, and uh, I, I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Sort of point of view. Um, But yeah, the marshals finally fucking pull up after he dies, and everyone's dead, and it's just... Totally broke. useless. Absolutely useless again. Um, and they basically are like, I guess since he did our job and everyone's dead, um, we'll say that he was a hero and not a criminal and you can have this money that the criminals were spending and, um, I don't know. Good luck. Bye. See ya. They just leave this like nine year old girl to find her way back. I guess to, I mean, the they store. burned the house down before oh, yeah. they left, so I don't know what she's going back to silly. exactly. I don't know why he, why, it's dramatic. why, yeah. There's too many these. There's too many dramatic boys in this movie. They're so dramatic. You'd think he'd be more practical. You would think, but yeah. No. So I mean, the store is there. They own the store, so she could go back and live in the store. Live in the store, sell it, you know, whatever, um, or start over somewhere. But I was like, I can't believe that this useless sheriff is going to leave this, like, nine-year-old girl. Fend for herself. That's fine. Wild. Um, but yeah, that was the old way. What'd you think? Um, so I wasn't super looking forward to this one. Uh, because, as I've said, I'm not, like, a big Western person. 
Um, so, and it seemed like it was going to be pretty typical. So I was sort of like on the fence about it. I liked it. I think that the like, the father-daughter mutual psychopath thing made it a lot more interesting and unique. Yeah. I thought um, that was a uh, interesting take on it. Yeah, because at the beginning I thought this is going to be your usual revenge tale. Very, like, true grit. Very, mm-hmm. you know, sort of spaghetti western type deal. But it was different and interesting. So I thought it was fine. I liked it too. Uh, critics didn't really like this movie very much. Yeah. Uh, it's Rotten Tomato score is 32%. Oh, no. Which it, I think is lower than it deserves. It doesn't, yeah. The audience score, there's fewer than 50 verified audience ratings. Right. Not a lot of people have seen this. And as you, you know, when we were talking about seeing this before in the theaters, it wasn't showing in very many theaters. No. Um, but the audience score is 70%, which is closer to how I feel about I it, honestly. I think so. Yeah. Uh, I think it's probably like a 70, 75. Yeah. Salad, salad C movie for me As I, I mean we've pointed we, we've out we've already flaws. talked about yeah. like some of the dialogue is bad but I did really like the uh, father daughter psychopath dynamic I yeah. thought that was fun I um, think that the two central characters actors they were compelling. did a good job yeah, yeah. Um, there it, were some I mean, things I would change but mm-hmm. not like a ton but I don't think it's a 30% I don't think it's like yeah I don't think it's like a rotten movie no. and it's you know it's only 90 minutes yeah, it's it's so, over quickly, and it's it's quick. So anything that is ninety minutes and and uh, pretty well com- made like that, I'm like, story, yeah. yeah, I I can be pretty forgiving about that. If this movie was two hours, two and a half hours long, I think I would be a little more harsh on it. But this was very watchable, so I do recommend it. Yeah, I I recommend it too. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, I think it's time for. Inside the cage, inside the cage, inside, inside the cage. <laughs> that was beautiful. You're welcome. <laughs> that made me so happy. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so what we're going to talk about this time is uh, big news on the uh, Nicolas Cage real estate front. Um, sort of. <laughs> um, so, a couple things. We've talked before about his extravagant spending, you know, in the past and some of the wild things he's bought. I, okay, so I knew some of these. I didn't know all of this. Um, among his properties in the past, he has owned mansions in Newport Beach, Newport, Rhode Island, New Orleans, Las Vegas, two different castles in Europe, and another castle in Los Angeles. Um, which was supposedly had walls lined with purple velvet. Um, in addition to those, he still owns an island um, in the Bahamas. I knew that he owned the mansion in New Orleans. Yeah. I knew about a couple of the European castles. And I think that he currently still lives in Las Vegas primarily. Yeah. Because it's like no taxes there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't know if he still lives in Las Vegas or in New Orleans or not. I think maybe. Yeah, not. I think he's mostly in Las Vegas because yeah. I, feel like, I feel like in one of his press tour things for Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, uh, I sort of vaguely remember him saying something about living in Vegas again because yeah. it's cheap. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I had no idea. I guess I thought that... I'm and it's also, like, only three hours from L.A., so yeah. that's nice, too. I'm surprised he still owns the island. Yeah, me too. I, when I, I would have thought this, that would be one of the things you sell when you're going through bankruptcy. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, he sold a lot of stuff when he was going through bankruptcy, and this was not one of them. Um, it is for sale. It's a 30-acre island called Leaf K. Um, it has three beaches, a small pond. Um, ooh. ooh. That's the part. I don't know why they put the three pond in there. Three beaches and a small pond. A pond? Wow. Can you imagine someone just sitting by the pond and ignoring the ocean The three them? beaches, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then it's very close to some, like, big Bahamas sort of location. Okay, So cool. it's an ideal spot. Um, it's on sale for $7.5 million. That's really not a lot of money when you're thinking about having an entire island. But 30 acres is not very big. Yeah, but it's still a private it island. It is a private island. And um, I am surprised it's not more. But I will say that, like, 30 acres is smaller than you think. Um, so I guess that might be why. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I still feel like an entire island feels Maybe that's like... why he hasn't sold it yet. Yeah. Because it isn't actually, like, easy to move. I'll just say, like, I'm surprised. Yeah. Because there's, like, some mansions in Pittsburgh that are probably... Yeah. And they're not on 30 acres. No. And they're not in the middle of... You know, they're in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So... <laughs> they're in Pittsburgh. They're not in, like, the beautiful uh, Bahamas. The Bahamas of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pittsburgh is definitely <laughs> the Bahamas of Pennsylvania. As we've often heard it called, the Paris of Appalachia. <laughs> because of the, the disasters. <laughs> Because we have the equivalent of a hurricane season in our sinkholes. Uh, yeah, that's actually pretty true. Um, but one of the people who's interested in buying the island, and I shouldn't say people. You shouldn't say people. Because it's Gunter, the world's <laughs> richest <Gunther>. dog. <laughs> I take sorry. issue. So <laughs> I'm so sorry. I can't keep a straight face. Gunter is worth... Like, $400 million. Ridiculous. It's crazy. So, here's the thing, and when we... So, you sent this to me a few days ago. Yeah. And while we were getting ready today to talk about this story... Yeah. I take issue with the idea that this dog wants to buy an island. Absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. Uh, How does a dog control assets? No. This is also... Okay, so... it's, It's so... It's like, the whole backstory of this dog is that, like... This like duchess left all of her money to the care, and this is Gunter the third. No, the sixth. The sixth. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, anyways, it's been many generations of. In nineteen ninety two, she died and left her money to her dog Gunter, and his and his ancestors, descendants uh, get his the money, which has grown, you know, through investments and whatnot, into four hundred million dollars. There is apparently a documentary about him called Gunter's Millions. Um, I Who have not decides seen what land the dog wants? Oh, the caretakers of the dogs. Okay. Who, yeah, they want the island. <laughs> to be clear, they want the island. Here's the thing I'll say. Um, you don't need that kind of money to take care of a dog. No. No, you don't. It's, it, here's what I'll say. Because it's not like the first animal that's ever inherited money, like Carl Lagenfeld's, whatever his name is, his cat famously inherited his money. Um, There's been some other examples. And if you want to leave money to take care of your, to let your pet live in luxury for the rest of their life, like, fine. But I don't think that their descendants should be able to keep inheriting your millions. You know what I mean? That's crazy. People are starving. And, and your this, dog is just building wealth. And this German shepherd 
is buying islands in the Bahamas. <laughs> this is crazy. Um, yeah. So I at at this point, Gunter has not made the plunge and and bought the island. Think of all the the swimming he could do in the pond. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I guess we'll keep an all eye the balls out. He can chase. Do you think uh, that? Nicholas Cage will invite some of his animal friends. Do you think Merlin will be part of the dealings? Maybe it's not selling it to the dog because Merlin doesn't like dogs. Oh my god, I would love if his Merlin best friend had final Merlin. Say. Can you imagine? Cat, if you don't remember from <laughs> we've talked about Merlin, he's like before. a he's like a Maine Coon. Cat, yeah, big old, he's big old fabulous cat. looking. Yeah. Um, I would love. I love picturing a like conference table with the lawyers on either side, and then like Gunter on one <laughs> side and Merlin on the other. Oh yeah, and like Nicolas Cage looks over at Merlin, and Merlin just like shakes his head, and, and then Nicolas like, Cage is like, "No, no deal." <laughs> I think it's fair if if you're letting animals buy property that other animals get to decide whether they get it or not. Yeah, I think so. That seems fair to me. Animal law. Let's get more of that. Let's make that a reality TV show. Animal court. <laughs> <laughs> That's already a thing. I know it. I'm sure. I'm sure there has to. Oh no! I forgot to mention this. Gunter also has made a pop song before. Really? Yeah, it's called Wild Dog. Oh man! On um, sounds like the outro credits. <gasps> I can't wait. All right. Uh, so next time we are. Getting ready for Renfield. Ooh, we getting ready. Um, and to get us ready for Renfield, we're gonna we are going to watch Vampire's Kiss. Kiss. It's going to be great. <laughs> you can't tell we're excited. Um, We've seen it before and we liked it enough to do it again. Ooh, I'm ready to talk getting about Vampires. For perhaps Nicolas Cage's strangest movie. Perhaps indeed. Certainly the only one where we see him eat a live bug. Yeah. <laughs> With that tantalizing tidbit, we will leave you until next time. Stay cagey out there, folks. Stay cagey. Bye. Bye.